Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. Oh my god, what a week! <laughs> Welcome to the Life is Hard podcast. Last week we talked about some of the stuff we're going to have to talk about again tonight. But you, you know when we say it could be worse. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. It, so it seems it seems to, you know, like keep up with that. Like every time you think, you know, we've been talking about coronavirus or whatever for weeks and like oh can we ever talk about anything else well be careful what you wish for right i've got a couple coronavirus notes for tonight but it's uh, a little bit different tack than just the discussions of social distancing and all that but yeah so i wanted to start with this with the um historic launch of the spacex dragon capsule that was named endeavor by the crew Wait a second. They launched a dragon? I thought it was like a rocket. Well, it was a rocket, but the capsule's on top of the rocket. The rocket's what gets the capsule off the ground. Okay, but where's the dragon? The dragon capsule. That's what the that's what SpaceX calls that capsule, is the dragon capsule. But then it is official. I mean, you could say that the name dragon was kind of like our space shuttle, right? So the people on board the dragon got to name it. Apparently that's a NASA tradition. If you're the crew aboard a Virgin vessel, you get to name it anyway. This they named it Endeavor. So okay. I I may use like three different names for it over the course of my comments here. But I have some comments because I I watched a lot of it. I watched the launch. The next day I watched the docking. I watched anyway. So one of the things, first things I thought of when I was watching the guy um, who's on the International Space Station. Uh, I was noticing that he had a belt on. And I was thinking to myself, if you're in zero gravity... <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Why do you need a belt? You know, okay, but I mean... That's it could right, just... your pants will hold themselves up, right? Yeah, yeah. well, they aren't just going to fall off. There's nothing to yeah, pull there's... them off. Yeah. Right. I, it could. I'm sure it's part of NASA's uniform, but I just thought it was a little funny aside, so... So the another thing I was going to bring up was why are the Russians cosmonauts where the Americans are astronauts? Does anybody know? Uh. I mean, you know, cosmonauts. I mean, you think, it, okay, you think it was just a Russian word for astronaut. It would be Russian. Right? Like it would be a... Well, it's the cosmos. Is that what you're after? Well, well, why don't we just call our astronauts cosmonauts then? We could. I'm just wondering why that why there's a different name for them. Because like I said, if it was a Russian word, it would be a Russian word. It, I mean, this is an English word, cosmonauts, that obviously is analogous to whatever the Russians call their... Are you insinuating that the Russians don't call them cosmonauts? That we call Russian cosmo them yeah, cosmonauts yeah, yeah. We, because I, I would, they're Russian? I would presume if the Russians are speaking in Russian, they don't say, you know, uh, Vladimir cosmonaut. They, they or whatever. I, I assume they, oh, speaking of that, hold on. Don't go away. I'm not going anywhere. I am right here. Okay, good. All right, so uh, I'll be back in a minute. Oh, great. And he left. Jesus. Um, no, seriously, though, I had to quiet some discs. 
I've totally forgot they were spinning away and making all this noise in the background. Um, okay, but but back to the. I just thought it was interesting that that we have a different name for our space going people than the Russians do. It just I don't know. I mean, cosmos. Well, is... no, what you mean is that we have a different name for our space going people than for the Russian space going people, right? Because we just established it's not their name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. I, I mean, I'd it's have to find out. the idiots that named the fucking dragon thing Endeavor. Well, that would have been right. Doug that did that. The crew. Doug. Okay, so here's another interesting thing. The SpaceX crew. I'm so confused. The SpaceX crew was Bob and Doug. Oh, that Doug. Yeah, that Doug. Yeah, he was the captain. Doug was the captain. But I, I don't know. I Whenever I hear Bob and Doug, I think of the McKenzie brothers. Right. Take off, you well, loser. In oh. in this case, that's exactly what they did. They sure did, you loser. So so here's the crazy part. Here's the part that killed Take me. Take off! Is how long everything took. I'm like, oh my God, these people have so far to go to catch up with the science fiction. So, I mean, first they launch. Then it takes them like, I don't know how many hours to get caught up to the space station. Then it's like seven hours once they're close to the International Space Station, to close the gap. Then, because they got to do it slowly, right? They can't just rush up to it. They'd crash into it. They've got to, you know, if they're going fast, it takes a lot of energy to slow down. Anyway, so so they, they, they've got like seven hours to get docked. Then they dock, and it takes them more than two hours to open the goddamn hatch. Wow. I know. I know. Can, can you imagine seeing that on the itemized bill? Opening hatch. Yeah, well, there's actually, hours. there's actually four <laughs> hatches they have to open because there's the the hatch from the International Space Station into the vestibule. Then there's a hatch from there into the, um, the vestibule. I remember that from church when I was a kid. I don't know what it is, but I remember that word. It's like a little out, like in a tent. A vestibule is a little like. Um, where the fly goes out beyond the tent and you can put stuff that's not in your tent but is under the fly. So it's kind of like a little, um, like a... Place like an where awning? You, yeah, like an <laughs> awning, but generally just like another compartment on your way in that's not right. Anyway, and that fits in this a case too. A Yeah, kind of. But anyway, it fits in this case because because the vestibule is like the the little feature between the actual International Space Station and the docking adapter. But there's another hatch that opens into the docking adapter. And then they have the hatch that's actually part of Endeavor or Dragon or whatever you want to call it. Um, anyway, so so they've got to open each one of these hatches, you know, ceremoniously. They've got to wait for things to pressurize and equalize and... Yada, yada, yada. And it's like, oh, my fucking... Then when they finally got the hatch open to to the dragon capsule, the guys in the dragon capsule now are supposed to enter the International Space Station. But do they? No. No, they're like, uh, just a couple minutes. We got a couple things to finish up here. I'm like, you had all goddamn day. <laughs> what were you doing to... for the last seven hours? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. So anyway, they've got to... And, and I, you know, I made a joke. Um, it didn't go over well, but I had a friend who was also watching and we were talking, we were chatting via phone text. And I said, I think he's looking for the off switch. <laughs> um, 
But because, you know, I didn't know what the hell they were doing and I still don't know what they were doing. But but I'm thinking, you know, before you leave the thing, you want to turn it off, right? You don't want to run the batteries down. The, the key was stuck in the ignition. They couldn't get it out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they finally come into the International Space Station. And then they've got to do a photo opportunity, right? They've got to all line up the, the two Russian cosmonauts, the, the uh, American that's on the International Space Station already, and then the two new people, Bob and Doug, right? They all got to line up and get a picture. Well, poor Doug hits his head on something when he's maneuvering to get into the picture. And so for the first, like, five minutes, he's he's touching his forehead, looking at the blood on his hand, kind of wiping it off and trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> so, so finally someone gave him a handkerchief or something and... And then, and then he was, but it was so funny because he looked so, he looked kind of like, he was kind of like, like, what the fuck? Like, shit, I'm bleeding, you know? And I'm like, someone get him a goddamn Band-Aid. And, and Houston was in total denial. They're completely ignoring it. They're just going on talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get this picture and all this. I'm like, can somebody attend to Doug's medical needs? You and, can't just keep, the, yeah. The blood would be like dripping up his forehead. Yeah, yeah. Well, you couldn't really see any blood, but you could tell by the way he was touching it and looking at his finger like that he had banged his head on something sharp and, you know. Anyway, so, uh, and, and then, of course, he got over. Get tetanus in space. I don't think there's space tetanus, but, you know, actually, there might be a worse version of tetanus in space. There might be, like, a space tetanus. It's like, there might be some, anyway, I digress. So, anyway, once they had their photo op, then they had to talk to VIPs on earth because all these (laughs) vips had shown up at houston to talk to them and go congratulations because remember this is historic this is not only the first commercial uh spacecraft that's ever taken people to the international space station but it's also the first time an american spacecraft of any kind has taken anyone to the international space station in like nine years because we shut down our space shuttle program remember i do yes um so anyway, so we have to talk to the VIPs. And one of the VIPs after the director of NASA was Ted Cruz. And apparently oh, NASA course, loves yes. Ted Cruz because he's yeah. always making sure that NASA has funding. Because it's not that Ted Cruz loves NASA. It's that NASA happens to be in fucking Houston, which is Ted Cruz's state. And it's money, right? Any funding NASA gets is money going to his state. But anyway, Ted Cruz is an asshole. I will go on record to say that. But but Ted Cruz asked a couple questions, and one of them was, and I couldn't fucking believe this, was, uh, 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 could you guys talk about how, you know, as Americans, we can accomplish, he goes, in, in light of the current, you know, struggle here on Earth, the protests and all this stuff, can you talk about how, you know, we as Americans, when we work together, how much we can accomplish? And of course, I mean, talk about putting these guys on the spot. First of all, you're looking at five people who are all white sitting there, right? <laughs> and Ted Cruz is white. And most of the people in Houston are white. Not all of them. Not all. There are some black people in there. But, and then you got the problem of, like, the people aren't, the people who are protesting aren't saying, we don't want to work together with other Americans. We don't want to, you know, get along. They're saying, stop killing us. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, it's so fucking whitewashed. And this poor guy who just got through flying, you know, a spacecraft up to the International Space Station and going through all, now is supposed to talk about like, oh yeah, hey, black people, 
If you just get along with the rest of us, we could accomplish a lot. Look at what we just did, man. I mean, really? Like how fucking, it's just, anyway. So well, plus they missed all that, right? I mean, they were on the rocket. Like I here, they, okay. And I believe most of the country, right? Those protests happened on Saturday afternoon and it was like Saturday evening before they broke out and riots and had all the controversial crap happen, right? Yeah, I think there was there, there was a lot of unrest before they left, but I don't think the riots had started. Thank you. Well, right. that's what I'm saying, um, right? But so still, they knew reaction, what was going on. Like, I mean, what? George Floyd had been fucking murdered on social media, and that's you know. And, and by the way, they did a they did a. Um, this brings us to the whole discussion of the riots and everything. Yeah, it's so so. Um, there have been a few developments. One is that they did it, that the George Floyd's family paid for an independent autopsy which showed that his cause of death was plain and simple that they stopped him from breathing, right? Right. Because the, the state autopsy said that his heart had stopped and they claimed that it was for multiple reasons, you know, partly because of existing, you know, uh, um, what do they call that? Ex- conditions that he had, you know. Pre-existing pre- conditions. Pre-existing, yeah, pre-existing conditions. So they were trying to. That's how. That's how they got away with the third degree murder manslaughter charge for. Well, and that even brings. I mean, now it's even deeper, right? So is is the coroner or whoever's doing the autopsy in on the the cover up or? That's you know a good question. Mean? That's a good question because we didn't. I I didn't see the autopsy, so I don't know if they're misrepresenting the autopsy. Or if they told the coroner, hey, you know, we need this autopsy to show that the police officer wasn't entirely at fault. But there was actually two coroners who performed the independent autopsy, and they agreed with each other that he That's was... That's what I'm saying. So was, the state coroner or whoever, right, should be... Yeah. Not, I mean, like, I would be suspicious anyway, but you go back to... And I don't want to derail too far, but you start thinking about Jeffrey Epstein or any of these other times where the official cause of death was ruled. And you're kind of like, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So the coroner's working for the state, right? He's the county coroner. He's working for the the government. I don't know. You know, he's working county government, whatever. Um, So, yeah, you can't. And and that's probably why the family annied up the money for an independent autopsy, because they're like, we don't trust them. We want to know. And by the way, I think it should have been first degree murder, even if he had pre-existing conditions, because he wouldn't be dead if somebody somebody hadn't had their knee on his neck for eight fucking minutes. So, I mean, that's like, it's like one guy said in a news story I heard, they said, you know, he had all this time, you know, like 500 seconds in which he could have changed his mind and done the right thing, and he didn't. So it wasn't like he was, you know, because they always talk about how we had to make a split-second decision, and I felt threatened, and I had to shoot, right? No, no, this wasn't a split-second decision. It was premeditated fucking murder, which is why everybody's so pissed off. They're not only pissed off that he murdered him, but they're pissed off that he's getting a third-degree murder charge, and his three accomplices, who, by the way, were completely, not just complicit, but one of them was... Two of them were holding the guy down. So there was actually three people holding him down. And one of them was holding the crowd off so nobody could could interfere. 
Right. So all three, all, I'm sorry, all four of those cops were totally involved in the thing and should be charged as accomplices in murder. And there's no fucking ambiguity there whatsoever. And that's why the riots are happening. That's why the protests are happening. I don't know if you heard Trevor Noah's uh, commentary on this, Mm-mm. but I think he said it really well. Yeah, He said it goes on for a while. If you're interested, go watch it because it's actually good. But one of the things he points out or he, he explains is that his definition of society, or at least one of his, you know, he says how he defines it for this, is it's a social contract. We have a social contract. We agree to behave by certain rules to achieve, to get certain benefits and, and to, you know, guarantee that everyone's treated equally and that there's justice and all this stuff. Right. And, uh, he said, obviously we're breaking the social contract that white people, people in power are breaking the social contract with, with the people that they do this to, whether it be black people, poor people, it doesn't matter. Um, he, he said the question we should be asking is not why are they rioting? The question is why wouldn't they riot? Because if your contract's broken, if you agreed to behave because you expected to be treated like everybody else and to have justice and fairness and all this, and you're not getting it, why not riot? Right. And in other words, if you're not if you're not gonna be bound by the laws, the rules, you know, then why should we? Exactly, exactly. I think he put it really well, and and I don't really condone violence for anything because I don't think it solves anything, but I think he makes a good point. I absolutely do. Uh, and of course, Trump's on the complete opposite side of it. He's like, if you do violence, I'm sending the military to shoot your fucking ass. <laughs> That's not a direct quote, by the way, but. It's close. Yeah, well, he just he politicized it obviously because he gets to now declare Antifa a terrorist organization and all that. The funniest thing Trump did um, that I've seen lately, I I thought it was hilarious, is he tweeted. I'm just going to read the tweet verbatim. He says, "He says thanks to the crowds of protesters, VP Pence and myself have been escorted to the secret White House bunker located in the basement." It's a tremendously huge and powerful structure that can withstand anything. Sadly, it was kept in very bad shape by Obama, who left it extremely dirty and with no food slash supplies. Terrible planning. (laughs) There are no Cheetos down here. Oh, by the way, that secret bunker, now everybody knows about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite a secret bunker anymore. But you 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 gotta love that he expects... Obama to have left him food three and a half years ago. And right. And, and, and why? Because he's black. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I wouldn't want any food. Obama left three and a half years ago. Well, actually it'd be more like four years ago, really. Cause he probably didn't leave it the day he left office. Right. Um, there's still a bag of Cheetos down here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's certain things to keep forever. I guess if he left some Twinkies down there, but but I mean, in yep. theory, this isn't canned a, goods. This isn't a nuclear war. Like, you don't need to be eating crap. You should just bring some fresh food. You should be like, hey, we're gonna go to the bunker, have them stock it with some decent food. You know, I mean, it should be like the day before. Um, but anyway, also, or, I mean, you know, in the age of coronavirus, just go down there and like DoorDash it. Exactly. Leaving the leaving the instructions. Yeah. You know, uh, you can leave instructions for your 
delivery person. Sure. It's like we're in the we're in the basement. We're in the secret bunker. Come right. come just knock on the door or just leave it in front of the door. We'll get it. Um knock in this pattern. Dash dash <laughs> dot dot dash dot dot. No, but okay, so so Trump's been in office for three and a half years and he's still blaming Obama. I kid you not, he blamed Obama for the failed COVID-19 tests that the CDC developed and distributed this year. Right. And he's blaming Obama for not keeping his bunker clean three and a half years after he takes office. I mean, come on. It's your fucking job. Not his personal. I mean, he's not going to be cleaning the bunker, but... right. It's it's his White House now. Jared, at least. He's been in it for three and a half years. It shouldn't be that fucking difficult. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And Okay, so so now, uh, you want to talk about the rioting some more? There's a lot to talk about there. I mean, we've gone for days. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I still think, and this is not riot-specific, but I should in say relation- protest, because really it's the protest is the bigger, biggest part of it. Did you see where right. the semi truck drove into the huge crowd of people on I thirty five? Uh, nope. But I saw cops treating protesters like shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They dragged, like drug lot. them out of their cars. I don't remember all the cities that this happened in. I know in, I believe in St. Louis, a cop was fired for doing something. Um, New York, there was some events. Uh, it's happening all over the place. Minneapolis, and, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Minneapolis definitely has had some. I um, uh, the the but in Minneapolis on I thirty five, some trucker went around a barricade. I guess I, I mean, that's not absolutely clear, but I think he went around a barricade to get onto the interstate that was closed. And there's all these people, like literally five thousand people on the interstate. It almost looked like ants. They're just covering the interstate, like you know, four or six lanes in one direction. And um, anyway, this trucker, apparently there's a curve in the highway or he's blind, but he came just barreling ass into the crowd. And uh, luckily, the crowd parted, man. They, they, I think he honked his horn. I, my, I asked my brother about that because the video I saw didn't have any audio. So he couldn't tell, you know, if he was laying on his horn or something. Um, I couldn't tell if he was braking hard because usually if, a, you know, you can hear, you know. Right. Um couldn't tell anything like that. So I didn't know if he was like charging the people, you know, like trying to kill him or what, but he made, he apparently is blown on his horn and, and the people heard him coming and they cleared, they like spread, but it's like, it was like the ocean parting in front of him and he managed to get stopped without hitting a single person. So, I mean, it was like fucking amazing. But, but when you watch the video, you're like, holy fuck. And then what? And then he just said, sorry, and kept going. Oh, he they... tried to. He tried to. He tried to keep going because uh, because the protesters were like, you know, starting to swarm his truck and they were pissed. Yeah. They were fucking Absolutely. Mad. I would have tipped that thing over, man. Yeah. Well, they were just like, you know, anyway, so he starts pulling ahead and there's people sitting on his windshield and he pulls ahead and then, and then he stops and he pulls ahead and he stops because I think what it is, he can't really see. But he didn't hit anybody. He didn't run anybody over. And he could have, by the way, with a truck with that kind of power, that, that heavy of a truck, he could have just plowed people over. He could have just kept running going if he wanted to. But he didn't. Anyway, they finally drug him out of the cab. And I guess they beat him up a little bit because they said when the cops came and rescued him, 
they uh, they had to take him to the clinic for some minor injuries. So he wasn't like too badly beaten. They didn't beat the shit out of him, but apparently they weren't too happy. Uh, it's just crazy. Like I'm like, what the fuck? How did he even get on the interstate? Like it's a big tanker truck, right? Anyway, right. Weird. And why? I mean, yeah, yeah. And, if and you see the barricade, you wouldn't be like, hmm, I think I can make it. Not only that, but wouldn't you kind of be like, oh, look, I've got this highway all to myself. You know, it's just something weird about that, right? You know, it's huge fucking interstate and it's all, you, you, wouldn't you be a little cautious? I guess not. I mean, he'd probably, but he was moving, man. Um, I assume. Or, or he, skeptical. This is too easy. Yeah. I assume <laughs> he started. Yeah. yeah. I assume he started breaking as soon as he saw the crowd, which he should have seen them long before he was in the crowd. He entered the crowd at probably 30 miles an hour. So he, in theory, was going pretty fast when uh, he came around the curve. I assume he came around a curve. I'm trying to remember that section of highway. I know where it is because it's a bridge crossing the Minnesota River. Uh, I'm sorry, the Mississippi River on I-35. And um, and I know that stretch of highway. I think there's a curve coming up on the bridge. But anyway, it's uh, it, it's crazy. Well, so, they straightened, straightened it since you left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's Paul Bunyan's job, and he's he's gone. He isn't around anymore. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to make any any more comments on the uh, protest before I move on to COVID? Oh, we're moving on from that. There's we can recover from that. I mean, I mean, there's lots of it. it. It's you know, like the the stuff that the cops were doing to the protesters was disgusting, and they don't even care anymore, right? No. Like. They're on camera. They know they're doing it. And and so I'm going to reiterate what I've said in the past about these type of issues, which is that I understand that people of color um, get the short end of the stick when it comes to this stuff. But I think that we don't help the issue by focusing on that part of it because the issue is that the cops have too much power and is completely unchecked and they're backed by an entire system. Yeah, I think right? the word impunity that, is what you're looking for. They've, yes, exactly. They, they, they know operate, they can get away with it. They operate completely with impunity, right? So uh, again, you know, it's if, if we focus on that it disproportionately affects people of color, of course it does. And that's not to say that that's right or, you know, whatever, but a lot of things do. Right. So that poverty, um, you know, no, yeah, college I don't, admissions, I don't, I don't disagree jobs, with you, although I think right. at the moment it, it definitely is a black lives matter issue at this particular juncture. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. But I'm sent, my point is not to be unsympathetic to that. My point is to say that the disservices, done to people of color or the disproportionate effects of other things on people of color don't murder them right yeah so the problem is not the effect of more people of color the problem is the fact that the cops can murder people yes right and you know, they know they and they know they can that's that's the the kick is they know they can get away with it. The, the laws are in their favor. The juries are in their favor. 
I I think right. we just saw the coroner, right? The, yeah, the coroner was oh, yeah, like yeah. making the, crap up to the, help him get out of charges or whatever. Well, and I mean, look at what happens to a police officer who does something like this that's obviously murder. Like you couldn't watch that video and not conclude that he sat there with his hands in his pocket and a smug look on his face and his knee on a man's neck who was saying, I can't breathe until the guy died. Okay, that was just a matter of fact. And all that happened to him, well, first he was put on administrative leave, and then then the mayor, I guess, looked at the video and said, no, we have to fire these people. Then they were fired, and then several days later, they were brought up on charges. Well, he was brought up. One police officer was brought up on charges. The other three were just fired. That's pretty fucking lenient. Right. I, and on a lesser charge than he should have been brought up on. Yeah, but if I'd have been on somebody's neck for five fucking minutes and they died and the cops showed up, I would have simply been hauled off to jail until they figured out what happened. Yep. No questions asked. So, yeah, the cops get and away. And if you were a person of color who kneeled on somebody's neck <laughs> until they died, then you would not have been hauled off to jail. You would have been shot dead. Especially right. if especially if it was a white person that you killed. Yep. Yeah. If it's a black person, black on black violence doesn't get a lot of attention. And anyway, I don't want to get into all that because that's we're getting way down a rabbit hole there. And I we'll talk about this next week because it isn't going to be over. This is not going to be over anytime soon. This is going to be just like the coronavirus discussion. It's going to be ongoing forever. Um, but I did want to just throw a couple tidbits in. We're running out of time. But I want to throw a couple tidbits on, on coronavirus because it some interesting stuff has come up and this is like again not not really to the general discussion that we have it's uh, first of all there is some research that's showing that coronavirus is not actually a respiratory disease it starts in your lungs and moves to your vascular system as in your blood vessels and that's why they're seeing all this blood clotting and that's why the resp- respirators aren't necessarily saving people because what happens is the blood clots in the lungs are stopping the blood from flowing through the lungs. Therefore, putting air in the lungs is only half the battle. You have to get that oxygen into the blood, and it can't get there because the blood flow is being stymied in the lungs. And also, the, the blood clots are getting to the heart, and, the, and, the, and you know, you're seeing all these weird symptoms when they talk about the COVID toes, right, where your toes are turning purple. That's related to the problems with blood vessels and Anyway, so that's that's interesting because and the reason it's interesting is because this may change how they treat the virus. Like they may come up with a better treatment for it, understanding that it's not it's not really a respiratory infection. Um, right. So so then there's there was something interesting out of Italy, which don't get too excited about this because it got debunked the next day. But but there, <laughs> there's a, a a a pretty prominent doctor in Italy said that based on the data they have from their recent patients, the virus has become less potent. He said the patients they've had recently, and by the way, this hasn't been retracted. What he said still stands, but is the patients they've had recently have had a, a, a smaller viral load, as in they're just not as, they just don't have as much virus in their system. And there's been a, a, a the death rate's been lower. Uh, it's been less lethal, whatever you want to say. Okay. Um, and and this is a prominent doctor. This isn't some you know guy who works in a clinic somewhere in the middle of nowhere. It's it's a guy who's seen a lot of patients and is is pretty well known and pretty. And he's also worked with another doctor on this, and they they agree that this is true. Now the next day, 
Um, the same news source published another article saying, hey, U.S. health experts and the WHO are saying this is unsubstantiated. We're not seeing any reduction in potency. Don't fucking believe this shit. Because, of course, they're terrified that people are going to go, oh, it's losing its potency, so we can all go back to business as usual. Right. But my takeaway from this is two things. One is those doctors might be whack jobs. They may not have any good evidence for what they're saying. Or two, maybe it is, because, you know, it's constantly mutating. We've talked about that before. Um, maybe it is losing its potency, which would be good news. And, and I'm not telling people to take that on faith. I'm just saying maybe there, you know, maybe that's a possibility. That would be great. Well, when you started this off with, now don't get excited because it's probably not true. I thought, you know, surely they were going to say, you know, we have captured aliens and we now have proof that they exist. Oh, no. Sorry. Nothing that exciting. You know, like I thought I was really going to like, you know, have to temper my excitement over something great. But, you know, the the coronavirus is killing less people now. Life is hard. Sorry, mediocre news. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.